Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first again say Happy New Year's to everyone as we are now in 2020. And with it being a new year, we all should have decided to come up with some new goals, some new aspirations. I know I have a lot of things on my plate that I want to do that's going to be a whole lot different than what I did in 2019. However, I also want to thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me and waking me up this morning and providing me with the opportunity to be able to come on to bring this exciting show to you. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that many individuals may have never even heard of. Because even when it was brought to my attention, my perception was a whole lot different from the information that I was receiving as I was gathering input regarding this topic. And today's topic has to do with gas lighting. Now, today's show is also designed to provide insight into gas lighting. We're also going to be talking about um, how it affects individuals in regards to relationships and the way it is actually done. So I want to bring on the gentleman that's going to be helping me with this show. So let me log him on. Hello. Good noon. How are you doing? I am doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. You know I miss you, right? <laughs> I know. I, miss, I know. I miss you, too. I miss our conversations. I miss all of that. But I want to let yep. you know before you come and look for me, I'm going to be down the street from where I was effective February the 1st. So we're going to be moving. After 14 years, I'm going to be moving from the um, Huntington Beach office so we'll just be on the corner of Bosa and Graham at that Brown building. So I just want to let you know that. So people won't be coming okay. to look for me and be like, okay, well, where did she go? <laughs> <laughs> so tell the listeners who you are, and then we're going to go into in-depth into this topic. Uh, hello, I'm Robert Sandoval. I am a friend of Jeanette's. Uh, I am a survivor of uh, narcissistic abuse, and I know a little bit about gaslighting. <laughs> you said just a little bit about <laughs> gaslighting. Just a you know, little was, bit. <laughs> when, I was, when I was getting some information in regards to this show, I was like, okay, gaslighting, gaslighting. And it was taking me totally in a whole lot of different directions from where I thought it was going to be going, especially when we start talking about narcissistic behaviors and personalities, because when I was looking at this topic, it can be in a relationship, parent-child relationship, your work relationship, because when we start talking about narcissism and narcissistic personality, a lot of times individuals didn't even know that term, and then when President um, Trump came along, we was like, okay, now we have an idea what that's about. But I want you to share when you said you are a survivor of a narcissistic relationship. What do you mean by that? Uh, Well, it goes way back. Uh, I've recently come to the realization that uh, I pretty much have been abused my whole life. My brother fits that personality type. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that, in turn... Uh, unconsciously made me seek out my wife because I was comfortable Mm -hmm. with that type of personality. 
and I thought that's what love was all about, and it's not. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you know, that's interesting because a lot of things do start in a home. Even when I was getting the information together for the show and I was doing the Facebook Live, I started thinking about how my, I would say things to my mother, and she would try to make me doubt my own reality by telling me the, these things didn't happen, you're making it up. And, and a lot of times we start wondering, am I really crazy? Am I making these things up? Because it is a severe form of manipulation and has a lot to do with emotional abuse. And yet a lot of times we don't even realize that because we think that the person loves us, care for us, and a lot of times individuals do not understand how things that happen in their childhood they can carry into their adulthood, and they do start looking for those types of personalities because that keeps them in their comfort zone. I say, and I've said it on the show before, things that people I dated in my 20s and my 30s, I was like, okay, my 40s and 50s, I was, my 40s, I was like, mm-mm, 50s, I'm like, heck, no, I'm not doing that. Now, (laughs) I refuse. I refuse. And you know what? And I also know that people are not bad people. People have bad behaviors. And when you start seeing the character of a person or you start seeing these personality traits, I'm not going to engage in that, even as a therapist, because I can't help them with that. Now, we talk about what is gaslighting and how do you know if it's happening to you? You know, this stuff is even making the news, it's in the headlines, it's in the newspapers, because there's so much stuff going on. And I'm getting this from NBCNews.com, and it says, it is un- it is unfortunate reality that happens in personal relationships and by public figures to people that they serve. Now, when we start talking about this, this happening It says, when we start talking about these things, a lot of individuals make no big deal out of this, but psychologists use the term gaslighting to refer to a specific type of manipulation where the manipulator is trying to get someone else to question their own reality, memory, or perception. And it is always a serious problem. Now, my question to you, Robert, is, when we start thinking about this, did you think that your wife was doing this on purpose or you thought, well, hmm, because I remember when I first met you, you did kind of think you was crazy. I had to tell you you went crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, when it first happened, I had no clue as to what gaslighting was. Uh, I started going to meetings. Uh, part of my recovery has been going to CODA because you – know, when you're mm-hmm. in a relationship with that, with someone like that, you're likely going to be codependent. It's mm-hmm. it's a survival mechanism, uh, and I became compliant. And uh, <laughs> I was in program with someone, and they started talking about their mother and how they gaslighted them. And I said, tell me a little bit more. And that's about the time I met you. And mm-hmm. I had no clue as to what that even was. And then I started diving into YouTube videos and learning more and more and more about it. It was like, oh, that's exactly what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know. It's, it's, it's very insidious on how they do it as well. They okay. usually don't do it in public. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll do it in private. Mm-hmm. But that's like with any type of abuse. 
a lot of times nope. individuals are in abusive relationship and don't even realize it. They really have no idea. And it's very, very dangerous because we start talking about it's dangerous and the dangers of letting go of your reality is pretty extreme because you start questioning and doubting yourself. And then that's when we talk about, about things being about power and control and it is a deliberate intent. But then the, the perpetrators sometimes don't even realize, in some cases, how severe it can be. And gaslighting happens in personal relationship. It says, think of an abusive spouse, in rare cases, a parent, and in a professional relationship, a manipulative boss or coworker preying on a subordinate. And even by public figures, there are several examples of gaslighting being done, like I said, by President Trump, even in his own administration. We are seeing a lot of that. Now, gaslighting usually happens in a power dynamic, but it's not always intentional or malicious. And sometimes we question that because it makes us wonder, are they really doing it on purpose? Do they not have any control? And I think, Robert, that's where we start looking at the personality traits. What do you think in regards to that? What are your thoughts? I have a question that is to uh, – it seems to me that they're doing it to regain power in some instances. Mm-hmm. Some instances they're bored, and they mm. wanna, they're, they're not getting what they want. They, wanna, they want an emotional response, and that's a great way to get one. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to react, wow. and usually it's going to be negative. Mm-hmm. And wow. they they like they love it when you get unhinged, and they love it when you get angry. Wow! So it, it, it go it could it could go both ways. I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start gaslighting. I'm not getting what I want. Mm-hmm. Wow! Now there's also usually tends to be a power dynamic where gaslighting happens. And one of the things that they indicate is that the manipulator holds enough power that the target of gaslighting is terrified to change the relationship or step out of the gaslighting dynamics because of the threat of losing the relationship or the threat of being seen as less than who you want them to see you as, and that is quite a threat. Now, that right there, when we start talking about the threat of losing a relationship, especially if it's your parents. You know, you don't want your, your parents to see you differently or, you know, sometimes your siblings will say, I'm not your friend, I'm not playing with you anymore. But also when you're in a marriage, you in most cases you want the person to try to go get some help, but they may not be up to that idea. Did you ever try to get your significant other to say, hey, let's go to counseling or, you know, let's talk to somebody about this? Uh, yes, uh, thank you for bringing it up. I, uh, I was in counseling, got gaslighted in the counseling session, and the counselor was telling me, oh, you're too sensitive, Bob. Oh, wow. And agreed, and agreed, agreed with the abuser. Well, and you and know what? That, and is, gonna... that is a very common thing. I and mean, We're talking about a master manipulator. When they get in mm-hmm. counseling, they're they're out to manipulate the counselor as well. Or or what they'll do is they'll get mad and they don't want to be in therapy. They'll get mad and storm out the office because I've had individuals get upset with me 
where they weren't able to manipulate me because, you know, I have a very strong personality, but I'm firm, but I'm fair, and I will listen, and I will connect with individuals from all walks of life. But a lot of times they will bring that into therapy because they're afraid of losing their control. And a lot of therapists, I would say, may may not even realize that this is even happening in a therapy session. And it, I saw some information where it is deemed that individuals, one of the comments that they make is, oh, you're sensitive. No. Or I was just giving constructive criticism. There is nothing good about constructive or criticism. You know, and so what we do is people basically flip and change words around. Now, looking at some of the information, and I would love to get, there's a young lady by the name of Darlene Lancer. She does a lot of things in California, especially with codependency. And even talking about codependency, do you know a lot of individuals still don't even know what that term means? I was speaking to a person the other day, and I said, well, you know, you, it seems as if you are demonstrating some signs of codependency. They got offended. They was like, yep. what do you mean I'm codependent? I'm not codependent on nobody. I'm very independent. I was like, wow. And I had to go back and explain to the individuals what that meant. So can you, considering that you also have ran codependent groups, can you share with the listeners what do that term mean? Nutshell, it is uh, a survival mechanism that you learned as a kid uh, through traumatic experience, uh, and you carry that into adulthood, and it no longer serves you. There are uh, several patterns of codependence, and I'm reading in the out of the Coda book, the big book. There's denial patterns, low self-esteem patterns. Compliant patterns, and that's me, and that's perfect for a narcissist. That's a narcissist's dream if you're a compliant pattern. Control patterns, now that's getting on the end of, it's a spectrum. You're going in the control, you're getting towards uh, being a narcissist. And avoidance patterns. Mm-hmm. And it's basically uh, childhood trauma, and you're stuck as a kid, and that's how you dealt with uh, harmful situations, and as an adult, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Wow. And see, so the codependency and the gaslighting kind of goes hand in hand, but gaslighting doesn't necessarily need to be acting with, like we talked about the malicious intent, nor does the gaslighter necessarily need to realize that he or she is gaslighting another for it to be happening. It can also be a result, like you talked about, of how a person was raised. Maybe your parent had very cut or dry belief and that certainty is how they saw the world when someone sees things differently from you. They assume that something is wrong with the other person. And maybe you're upset because individuals say that, you know, they, they start making up things or making it seem like you're crazy. Now, we have to be weary of gaslighting if we start to question ourselves a lot. You know, a lot of individuals, Robert, are engaging and um, utilizing self-help books. They're going to self-help meetings. They're doing a lot of different things to try to help themselves. But recognizing that you are someone you care about might be what's called in a gaslight tango is not always straightforward as it might seem because it can start out in a lot of different ways, and it often involves two individuals 
who would otherwise seem to care about one, one another very much. But, again, it can lead to other things. Now, I want to share some information that I found, um, Robert, as I was looking up this information. The term gaslighting, did you know that it actually comes from a play that was out in 1939 called Gaslight? And yes, that it was, term, and they also made it into a movie. Mm-hmm, where a husband manipulates his wife to make her think that she's actually losing her sense of reality so he can commit her into a mental institution and steal her inheritance. I'm like, wow. But do you know sometimes that stuff be going on still to this day? I've had situations where individuals would try to make it seem like the wife was going crazy or they say she's bipolar or she's PMSing. Now, I'm not saying they do it to steal the money, but I've seen where it has happened a lot when it came to child custody issues. Well, you're what talking to somebody that's in in a situation like that. Wow. I'm still fighting for custody of my kids, and everyone's saying wow. this is the longest case I've ever seen. Wow, yeah. And gaslighting can also be was popular in high school students because other students question his or her feelings or judgment of the situation. And then the other student may say that was more popular would say, well, why didn't you say them the seat? Or, you know, it became a form of really of bullying. Now, how does gaslighting happen? According to the National Domestic Violence Hotline fact sheet, they indicate that they have a technique which is a gaslighter might use to manipulate someone else, and it can include withholding. Now, withholding meaning means that he or she refuses to listen or says that they don't understand, meaning they just totally, totally just withhold either their feelings, their emotions. Did you ever experience the withholding? Uh, in the form of uh, the silent treatment. And wow. uh, usually, with usually with when they start the gaslighting, it's usually in conjunction with uh, word salad, where they'll ask a series of questions, knowing that you can't possibly answer them, and then uh, they'll they'll intermittently throw in projection, where they'll throw their character defects onto you as you, as if they were yours, and wow. it's like boom, boom, boom. It's you get hit. And you don't. You're just like a deer in headlights, wow. and you're frustrated, and you're. They're looking for an emotional response, and man, you're gonna get one when someone does that. Mm-mm-mm. Well, and you know, a lot of individuals can't handle the silent treatment. They they really can't. The next one it talks about is countering. Now, countering is when the abusers question the gas like tea memory of an event. You know, they'll talk about a story and a date or a situation, and then they'll, oh, that didn't happen. I don't know where you got that from. Or you must be having Alzheimer's or dementia. But they will counter what the other individual perception or recollection of an event was. And I think that that can be kind of embarrassing, especially if it's occurring at a family event or in public or in the presence of another. What are your thoughts in regards to that, Robert, the countering? Oh, yeah, I've had that happen. Uh, again, it is 
questioning your reality and and uh when it happens to you you're like uh your response is okay i'm gonna have to start video taping everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the, the, that's no good wow uh, you know and, uh, uh, another thing i wanted to add when you're getting gaslighting and you're getting this type of abuse Mm-hmm. You're forming a trauma bond with that partner or Stockholm mm-hmm. treatment, and it's intermittent. The The abuse isn't all the time. Mm-hmm. You may have a week of a really good uh, relationship, and then you have a weekend mm-hmm. where it's just hell on earth, and you start forming this trauma bond with this person. Wow. And you know, it, is, as we're, it is toxic as- to the core. Wow, as we're talking, it reminded me of a situation with my last marriage. I remember I had said something to him, and he said that I didn't say it, and we got into this this thing of a burrito. And um, no, I wanted a sub sandwich, and he and I said I was at I said I was at a burrito place, but I wanted a sub sandwich for dinner, and he was got upset with me. And I didn't know he had started recording my conversations with him. And he tried to tell me I said something that I knew I did not say. And he broke out the recorder right in front of my face and started playing it, and he was wrong. <laughs> I didn't even know the man was recording my conversations. And then he goes say his phone automatically do it. I'm like, ooh, he's lying over a burrito. And it, I mean, over a, a, a sandwich at Firehouse Sub, and he started recording things that I would say because he would tell me I would say things that I didn't say or would try to make me believe things that I didn't even realize I was gaslighting until just now. Wow. Okay. Another one is blocking or diverting. That's when an abuser changes the subject or questions the victim's thinking. Kind of like, well, what's wrong with you? Why are you so upset? Wow, that right there is also powerful, Robert. What are your thoughts in regards to that? When they start diverting, oh, it, or... yeah, it's it's very frustrating when you're in a situation and you're talking about a, a, a particular thing, and then they just start on another subject, fresh. Mm. Again, again, wow. it's to throw you off and to mentally push you off guard. So that mm. you're you're starting you're starting to question your own like wow maybe I am crazy, and mm. it, it's it's just a, a a subtle way to chip away at your self esteem, and they just wow. keep chipping away, keep chipping away, keep chipping away, and it's uh, it's horrible to to uh, go through that. I can imagine that right there. But I'll be like, no, I ain't got time for all that. The next one it talks about is trivializing, making the victim needs or feelings seem unimportant, meaning they will trivialize how the victim or how the other person feels like it doesn't matter. And I can see where that can also play a role, especially when you're talking about in a workplace situation and even in a marriage you know, where it's about power and control and dominance, meaning how you feel, what you believe is just not important. They trivialize it. You want to share a little bit about that, Robert? 
Oh, sure. Here's a classic one. Uh, well, you know, I might have done something like that, but you know what? It's really not that big of a deal, and you're you're just too sensitive. You're making too much of a, a big deal out of this. It really wasn't that big of a deal. Mm. And again, your feelings are being trampled on instead of, mm-hmm. you know, hey, this really upset me, and they're just trampling all over your emotions and your response. Mm. Um, and the last one that they indicate with NBCnews.com is forgetting or denial. And forgetting or denial is when a manipulator pretends to have forgotten what actually happened or denies something he or she had previously agreed to do. That one right there. It's like, how are you going to forget that? Or how are you going to make it seem like that didn't happen? And I understand, you know, even in therapy we say there's three sides to every story, his side, her side, and the truth. But to just be in denial about the situation, I can see where that could frustrate the other person, especially someone that they care about. What are your thoughts in regards to the person actually making it seem like they forgot or or that they're in denial about something that actually occurred? Oh, that's a frustrating one. Uh, I have had situations where uh, my father-in-law was cooking when my my oldest son was a baby, and my my oldest son had a big blister on his hand. Mm-hmm. And I said, how did that happen? Were you not paying attention when you were cooking? How did that happen? I didn't do that. I don't know how that happened. You must be crazy because I didn't do that, and I don't know how that happened deny, 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 and it's like, you must have, you're cooking over the stove, that blister just didn't pop there on a, you know, on its own, and mm-hmm. I, I've got lots of stories in that, and again, I think the end result is to get an emotional response out of you, and the the psychology of them is they cannot handle criticism, and they yeah. will deny it to the nth degree. Or get upset and flip it and turn it on you and make it seem like you're the bad person. Wow. Now, some information, but I want to let the listeners out there know if you're listening and you have questions for either Robert or myself, you can give us a call at 319-527-6060. Also, if you want to sponsor the show or um, get some information regarding advertisement, you can also email me at jabneylmft at gmail.com because I've been giving away a whole lot of free advertisement as far as some of the things that I've been sharing. So now let's get back to the show. Well, but I want to give the information some, I mean, the listeners some information in regards to signs you're a victim of gaslighting. And, again, this is coming from NBCnews.com, and they indicate these are some of the warning signs or red flags you can look for or if you see these things happening, and the type of abuse might be happening to you or someone you know. One, you're constantly second-guessing yourself or having trouble making decisions. And, Robert, I think that's where it plays a big part in individual psyche because when you're doubting yourself or second-guessing yourself or you have trouble making decisions, the decisions could be out of fear. The decisions could be out of out of your self-doubt, out of your insecurity. It could be a whole lot of things. But were you constantly second-guessing yourself or having trouble making decisions? And if so, oh. what do you think it was about? 
Was you afraid of For the sure. Right? When you first met me, I was in that mode. Uh, I think mm-hmm. from uh, the scientific pers- perspective, is I was I was just chocked full of cortisol and in you a were, brain fog. Broke? Yeah, you're yeah. very broken. Wow. Uh, you second guess yourself. You have very low self esteem, and when you have very low self esteem. Yeah, you're going to second-guess everything. Mm -hmm. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of you even talking to me. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, it just – it breaks your will. It breaks Mm -hmm. your psyche. And that's what they want because they can manipulate you more. Wow. And that's They want total control over you. Wow. That's deep. The next one is – that you are a victim of gaslighting, you're ruminating about a perceived character flaw, like being too sensitive or not good enough person. And that's another thing is people's self-esteem, you know, they start thinking, well, I can't do this, I'm ugly. They become highly critical of themselves too. And then sometimes they can slip into depression or engage in a an addiction, whether it's drugs or alcohol, gambling, you know, a, a whole lot of um, maladaptive behaviors can also occur as a result of an individual feeling as if they don't measure up or comparing themselves or feeling that they're not good enough. Did you deal with that, Robert? Oh, totally. Uh, when you first met me, uh, I I don't associate being an alcoholic uh, mm. because I've been out of that relationship and Drinking is not a problem for me anymore, but when I was in that, that was mm-hmm. definitely because you're in a traumatic experience and you're feeling that trauma, which is in your soul, you'll do anything to numb that. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely going towards the role to, on that road to being an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's why I'm active uh, today in 12-step programs, and I see how insidious that is and how easy mm-hmm. it is to get caught up into that whirlpool, and you just can't get out. Mm -hmm. But you know what was interesting now that you're saying this and um, just learning about gaslighting? During that time period, there was quite a few of you in the same situation and didn't even realize it. Oh, yeah, totally. I remember that. that. Issues and me having to confront some of these things that was occurring and especially with the drinking, to some, I was afraid that they were going to die of alcohol poisoning. It was so bad. And a lot of this, this is what they were going through with gaslighting. And at the time, I had never even heard of the term even myself. But even as I'm, I'm thinking about this. Now, another one it talks about is you feel confused about your relationship. If you find yourself thinking that you have a great significant other but that you just are feeling crazy all the time or you thought you had this charming partner, but then sometimes you feel like you're losing it when you're together, meaning when you're walking on eggshells when this other person is around and you can't be yourself. Another thing to talk about is in a confrontation with the person you might be gaslighting, they might be gaslighting you, and you feel like you suddenly find yourself in an argument that you didn't intend to have. Wow. And that is big because they'll bait you. They'll pick a fight. And I think that's what my yep. ex used to do. He would, we would go places, and he would start.
started fighting, and I'm like, and I don't argue. I've never been an a person that argued. And I would be like, why in the world did this man invite me to dinner to want to start a freaking argument at Black Angus? <laughs> I got to have this. I want to eat. I don't want to argue. I don't want to argue with you. So picking the fight, the confrontations. Wow. And I know, Robert, you isolated yourself a lot, too. So how did you deal with the confrontations? Uh, I am not a very confrontational person. Uh, again, I, uh, in my codependence, I kind of fit also with compliance. I, I'm in avoidance pattern as well. Uh-huh. So I, I, I will dig a hole to avoid conflict. Uh-huh. Um, again, I want to, I want to I, I uh, stress and we haven't touched upon this, when you get in a relationship with this type of personality and you get swept up in it and the intermittent good times, bad times, gaslighting, good times, it's an addiction. Plain Uh and simple, it's an addiction. Uh, When I first met you, my whole thing was I'm going to get back together with my wife. Uh And over time, just like any addiction, you get over it and you see, oh, man, I I was really screwed up in my thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I tell clients and people is we don't get over, we get through. When we're able yeah. to get through it, when we change our perception of it, and when we realize that it's not good or healthy for us, because I know with myself it was once I saw the character. Once I saw the character of the person, I said, uh-uh, this ain't going to work for me. And I know me. And some things we just don't have no busy playing with. And a lot of times we don't realize that because some individuals don't want to be alone or they feel as if, you know, life is going to be, you know, over. They have this this distorted belief because sometimes individuals plant that seed in their victim. Another one, Robert, is it talks about to know if you are assigned to know that you're a victim is you're always apologizing. You're sorry for everything. It's like, what? Oh. Why are you saying you're sorry about something you don't know what you're sorry about? But this, just apologizing, just apologizing, just feeling like everything is your fault. Can you share a little bit about that? Oh boy, that one uh, strikes home again. It goes to the self, the self-esteem, and it also goes with the personality type of the person doing the gaslighting. Mm-hmm. They're never wrong. Mm-hmm. And you, that's a red flag that a lot of people uh, will ignore. Uh, th- the 30 years I knew my wife, she's never, she was never wrong, ever, mm. on anything. Wow. And even to this day, you know, uh, uh, I'm getting the smear campaign. I'll hear the smear campaign come up. Oh, it's it's over here now. <laughs> He's been writing my aunt, who's a cloistered nun, and uh, I heard it backdoor through my cousins that uh, they're like, who is this woman? Tell her to stop. Mm-mm-mm. Well, you know her people hurt other people, and it can yep. create problems. And another thing that individuals do of a sign that you are a victim is you are frequently making excuses for your partner's behavior and you don't understand why you're not happy in your own life, or you know something is wrong, but you just don't know what. Now, I have some information, and it talks about 
what to do if someone is gaslighting you. And I also want to talk a little bit about what to do if you're gaslighting others. But if you believe that someone is gaslighting you, and finally, when you do realize this, there's things that you can do. And one of the things that they suggest is identify the problem. Recognizing the problem is the first step. You've got to be able to identify. And just like with domestic violence, I always tell individuals you have to come up with a safety plan. Sometimes you don't want to just leave, you know. It depends on how imminent it is, what's going on, because you don't want to put yourself in danger because people are getting killed. I don't know if you saw the news. I was reading something, and it talked about a pastor killed his wife in the church. It's like, how are you in the church and the pastor will go up and kill the first lady? It's like people are just out of control, and they don't want to lose their power. And it is, it's crazy. But you do have to identify that something is wrong, and that is the first step. The second thing, and I want you to elaborate this on this too, Robert, is you have to give yourself permission to feel what you feel. Can you talk about that a little bit? Give yourself permission to feel what you feel. Yeah, that uh, as a codependent, uh, that's one of the attributes uh, that you can't really identify your emotions. You don't know mm-hmm. how to compartmentalize them, which cubbyhole to put them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, allow your emotions to be your emotions and don't get uh, swept away with them. You could be an observer to your emotions, allow them, and just let them pass. But that's kind of expert advice, and it's hard to do when you're in that situation because when you're in the thick of an abusive relationship, your your emotions are all over the board, mm-hmm. and you're you're I want to be with this person, but I will I will go through hell to get this, and mm-hmm. it's it's very confusing. And w- when you have a head full of cortisol and all the other uh, things that are pumping through your system, it's hard to identify your emotions when you're in a brain fog. Correct. Correct. That is definitely, definitely a challenge. And a lot of times we got to go back to the fact that many times we were, it becomes learned behavior too. And also when you give yourself permission to feel what you feel, because part of the problem with gaslighting is that it results in the victim questioning his or her own thoughts, their values, their perceptions, and their feelings, because what happens is the other person, you get so used to them always questioning you to you start trying to believe and see things the way that they see them. So once you start acknowledging what you feel is what you feel, then you can take over your actions because I tell people we we feel, we act, and then we think. But we have to feel, think, and then act, and we'll get a different result. Another thing it indicates is give yourself permission to make a sacrifice because part of what makes it tough for the victim to leave a gas light tangle is that the abuser is someone that they care about someone they love, just like in any abusive relationship. A lot of times individuals don't want to leave their parents, they don't want to leave their friends, they don't want to leave their boyfriend, girlfriends, nor do they want to leave their marriage because they feel that they've made said vows before God and others or whatever the case may be. But the problem is a lot of times you don't see these signs and people don't take time to get to know one another. And like you said, you basically was with your wife for 30 years. And that may have been going on all the time, but it became normal, especially if you considered that 
it started with your brother. So seeing this now, it's like, oh, okay, I know what this is. He loves me. She loves me. But it goes back to how that thing used to go. She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. And in most cases, they loved you not because they didn't even love themselves. Now, yep. the next one is start with making small decisions. Considering that gaslighting kind of messes up a person's ability to make decisions because they don't feel comfortable with making their own decisions, start with the small decisions. With the start, small with the start decisions, it's like start thinking about mm, baby steps. Well, this is what I would like to do today. And, you know, Robert, I am very proud of some of the decisions that you're making now because it took a while to get you self-motivated. It, got you, it took a while to get you to the point to where you became kind of independent or, no, or believing I can do this without a crutch because part of that the step of making a decision is fear. Let's talk about that, Robert. Oh, fear. That is a good one. Uh you fear will make you fight or flight, or the third option, mm-hmm. you freeze. Mm-hmm. And uh, fear will cloud your judgment. Uh, fear is an illusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, fear is not your is not your ally at all. Uh, there's lots of ways to get past that. Uh, meditations, uh, whatever spirituality you have, get into that. Uh, talking uh, about your emotions, what you're feeling. That's what uh, uh, group therapy is so great. 12-step mm-hmm. meeting, you're, you're talking about your problems. Uh, and people know your problems. You have a group of people that you could uh, talk to, and you move past your fears and if you one way one one of the things that helped me get past one of my biggest fears was abandonment, and that's what uh-huh. ended, ended up uh, me being homeless was look at it as curiosity. Why am I afraid of that? Um, and, and that talk- curiosity changes it correct, correct. Another thing it talks about, Robert, is besides start making small decisions, is get a second opinion. Ask a friend or family member you trust if they think that your thinking is off as a potential to the abuse, what the abuser says about what's going on. Because a lot of times, you know, the abusers want you to believe that you have to be totally dependent upon that on them. So you could talk to a person and say, hey, you know what, did this happen the way I thought it did or however you want to question it? So you want to get that second opinion and have compassion for you because by having compassion for yourself is very, very important because you are responsible for you and you need to be honest with yourself. And when your abuser or your partner starts seeing that you are doing things without them, that may scare them, but be prepared for that. Be prepared for that. And see, when a person knows you're not afraid or when they know that their tactics are not working on you, they will stop. They will stop. Any Or sometimes, you know what, you pray that they find somebody else. You find that they find them another boyfriend, girlfriend, or somebody, just as long as it ain't me. So <laughs> any <laughs> other comments in regards to that, Robert? Uh, yeah, they, they, there's two things. Uh, they'll either have somebody on the side that uh, mm-hmm. 
they're working on. They may uh, try to hoover you back in over a time, and it's usually they'll try to hoover you back in around a holiday or birthday, and you'll get a phone call, hey, what's going on? But uh, my wife's not that, fits in that category, so I don't have to worry about that, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) She's just mad at you. She's at the wow. extreme. I mean, I think, I don't know if I've ever shared this, but one of the biggest red flags that I ignored when we were dating, and you know, I've known her since high school, she told me a story that basically when she was a five-year-old girl, a neighbor had wronged the family. Mm-hmm. She waited till she was 15 and burned their car. Wow. Wow. And I did not recognize that red flag. Mm, mm, mm. I, wow. you know, my codependence and, and my, you know, people pleasing is I'll fix her. Mm, yep. <laughs> it was the other way around. She ended up fixing me. <laughs> Pretty much. You know what? And that is true. We try to fix people or, oh, they just, it's because of this. It's because of that. No. I've learned some people, you just, let them, you just need to leave them alone. Leave them alone. And, you know, and it is a form of trauma. It can inc- increase a person's anxiety. So we just want to make sure that individuals know that help is out there for both the person that it has been gaslighted and the person that is doing the gaslighting. Because I want to say that even though we're talking about individuals' experience in it in regards to, you know, how it makes them feel, how it makes them also respond. And, you know, a lot of times, Robert, sometimes individuals will take what it's, what they experience into another relationship. So we have to be yes. mindful of that, too, with the trauma that we have experienced and make sure that we don't make somebody else pay for what another person did to us. You know, I always say, okay, who hurt you? And even if you don't want to forgive them, you have to forgive them in order to set yourself free. Because if you don't, then you will carry that behavior into your next relationship. Thank you for bringing that up. That is very insidious. That is definitely a true statement. Uh, even if your next relationship, even though that person may not be in the in the narcissist spectrum, you mm-hmm. will bring that with you and make them treat you the way you were treated in the abusive yes. relationship. Mm-hmm. And the other individual and don't even realize that because they don't know what to do with that. And right. that's where it becomes a problem. It can definitely become a problem. So in, I tell individuals that even with domestic violence, a lot of times, especially as a therapist, I run into a lot of men who are dating women who were abused. And the person that was abused never got any help. And then the men winds up in a domestic violence class because they were actually, in some cases, victims of domestic violence. Then it turned to be them being a perpetrator of domestic violence because it was an unhealthy, toxic relationship. And a lot of that stemmed from previous abuse, either abuse that either the spouse may have experienced in their past or in their childhood or the perpetrator may have experienced as a child or in a relationship. 
And that's how a lot of this stuff kind of it co-mingles with one another. And I forgot to tell you, Robert, guess who the Cat Fox president is this year? (laughs) 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 Jeanette Abney was nominated and voted as president of Cat for a two-year term.
you may get a payoff when the victim becomes more dependent on you. And we talked about that because that was one of the things that you said, Robert, is that sometimes people get a kick out of it. But the cycle continues. But the thing is we have to stop. It really has to stop, and people do have to go get some help. But don't nobody want to go say, hey, I'm a gaslighter or I'm gaslighting so-and-so and so-and-so. But a lot of times it's they say anger management. What are your thoughts in regards to that, how a lot of times they'll just mask it as anger management or saying they need anger management when in doubt it appears to be something more deep-rooted? I would say it would definitely not fall in the category of anger management because that personality Mm -hmm. definitely manages their anger and they're purposeful as to who they show that anger around. So they manage Mm -hmm. it really well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, That is true. And they they want to do the abuse when there's nobody around. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't want they the their number one fear is to be exposed because that's that's the mm-hmm. game that they can keep playing. And once they're exposed, and you know, and then they got to move on. It's interesting because, like you said, that goes right back to a person that is abusive. Is they won't abuse when individuals are looking or people are around, but they do it in secret. But by that same token, even though they're doing it in secret when they are exposed they they kind of you know whimper down or be heard or don't want to be left but again if your partner keeps gaslighting in you what you can do like we talked about recognize the behavior react to their claims right away don't second guess yourself seek help if gaslighting continues get out and don't look back now, if you are the one that's actually doing the gaslighting, get you some help. Because, and I've said it before, when you know better, you do better. And considering that this is also can be a learned behavior and it can turn into more maladaptive behaviors or psychological issues, you want to make sure that this gets addressed before it continues to make you feel miserable as well as the person that you love or say you love feel miserable as well as your children. Let's talk about children a little bit, Robert. I know we have a couple of minutes as I'm looking for some other information. How do you think it impacts the children? Uh, well, you you touched on it a little bit uh, where one parent will uh, demonize the other parent and uh, I've been told in circles that that is called emotional incest, mm-hmm. and it it's and that causes trauma. Uh, mm. And again, you're either going to learn how to gaslight, or you're going to take away that child's self-esteem. Because when mm-hmm. you when you when you turn another parent on the other parent, you're really turning that child against themselves because. That is your half of that parent. Mm-hmm. But I have a question for you because I'm looking at something and because it's like confronting an abuser. And this is coming from North Point Recovery, and it says gaslighting examples and effects and how to confront the abuse. 
And because sometimes it's not always safe to confront the abuser. You normally have to come up with some type of safety plan. But gaslighting examples of facts and how to confront the abuse. And one of the things they indicate is gaslighting is a form of brainwashing and manipulation that happens on a regular basis. And we've already talked about what it does, but gaslighting abuse causes a person to lose their sense of identity, perception, and worth. And gaslighting is a form of narcissism and psychopathic tendencies as they look to gain power over someone. Now, pathological gaslighting is a severe form of abuse through mind control. We talked about how it can happen in the workplace with society, friends, family, and a relationship, and that the gaslighting abuse is extremely destructive to the victim. Now, where does, we talked about where the term comes from, and they indicate that they do treat, and this is a place where they treat this type of behavior. We talked about the examples, the lying and exaggeration, which is one, the repetitive gaslighting behavior, and the problem is the gaslighting tactics will escalate if you attempt to call them out on their lies they're telling, where that could be kind of dangerous. And how the gaslighter will wear you down. We talked about the codependent relationships and how they form, how the gaslighter will give you false hope, and they want total domination and control. But the thing is, when we start talking about this, and this is a place it says, get your loved one the help they need, and they offer assistance, and this place is called, again, North Point Recovery. You can Google their information and look them up. I'm trying to find a number. I don't see a number to call to see if they have any places in the state of California but I'm looking at some of their reviews and individuals have, you know, tried to get some help because a lot of times, Robert, it's hard for people to admit and humble themselves to say, you know what, I want to apologize to this person and I, I do want to get some help. And what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that your wife will ever, I ain't going to say will ever because we can't say that, but what do you think change would look like for her? I don't know. Um, I think she's incapable of change. Wow. That uh, okay. she's stuck. She's stuck. Okay. I mean, she, uh, emotionally, she is a three or four year old mm-hmm. stuck in a traumatic experience. Wow. In a in a, an adult body. Mm-hmm. I think she's incapable of change, and a lot of people. I have not heard too many cases where uh, narcissists have been treated with a positive. They end up someone, manipulating someone the therapist. Someone's calling in a minute of the show. Let's see what they have to say. It's interesting you said okay. that because narcissism and borderline personality disorder are too hard to treat. Hi, this is only a few seconds left on the show, but your number's ended in 9-8. What would you like to add to the show? I'm just starting to listen. I'm Sorry, I couldn't get in earlier. So I'm just going to listen. No problem. If you want to hear it from the beginning, you could just click on the link. I don't know if you found it on Facebook or where you found the show. Or you can Google Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio, and you can hear the full details of the show. But do you have any questions? Uh, no, not at this time. Okay. Because we're talking about gaslighting. Now, Robert, you were saying that you don't think that it's any help for the for the person, that they would never be able to get any help? 
I have not heard too many nope. successful, or they, they don't recognize they have a problem mm-hmm. in, in their perception. Everyone else has the problem. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, and that can so be a challenging, an uncomfortable place to be in if you believe that you're, that everybody else is sick, but you're the only one that's not. That's a lonely place to be. Very lonely place. And see, and I try to be hopeful. I try to have this perception that, you know, if a person gets to the point to where they get sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I know that, you know, others can't change them, and even in therapy, people will say, well, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. But once you see everybody isolating themselves from you and you see that people don't want to be around you, it seems like it would make a person want to do something different. And that's just me. That is me. But I would say at least give it a chance or a try so you won't go out and hurting other people. And like I said, especially if this is how this behavior is formed, when children are witnessing this type of abuse in the home or these type of toxic relationships, especially when we're talking about power and control. So, Robert, I want to thank you for bringing this topic up and bringing it to my attention. I appreciate that. Now, tomorrow at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio on Tuesday is when we do the segment From the Pulpit to the Couch. And we have a very interesting topic tomorrow. We're going to be talking about hustlers in the pulpit. Now, you know, Robert, people are going to be mad about that one. But a lot of times (laughs) individuals in the congregation feel like they're being hustled. Or are they being hustled? Are some of the preachers taking advantage of individuals? And I'm not saying all, so I want people to realize that. There are some good places of worship. There are some good churches out there. There are some individuals that are doing what they're supposed to be doing. However, there are still some that are not, and there are still some that are misusing the pulpit and taking advantage of individuals, and we don't want individuals, especially the way we're living now in our last days, we don't want individuals to be afraid or have a a misperception based on one person's behavior. So that's why we have to talk about this. So if you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 516-387-914. I would love to hear your thoughts. Or you can email me at preciouspredicaments at gmail.com or Jeanette Abney, LMFT, at gmail.com. Again, Robert, thank you for joining. Any other topic, let me know, okay? Thank you, and thank you, listeners, for calling in, okay? Thank you, appreciate you. Until next week, remember, you got this. Bye-bye. All right, see you Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.